0: I'm not sure. Till we get to the end. <laughs> you know, Jesus came to bind up the brokenhearted folks. He didn't, want, he didn't come just to leave you where you are. He wants to bring you to a place of wholeness and fulfillment in your life. And before we go any further, I just, Sapco family, thank you guys for coming. We prayed, we, you know, we prayed for, give them a hand for being here. Mike is the only angel, legitimate angel in here right now because he's got a halo on, but he, he fell a few weeks, a few months ago and broke his neck, and, uh, but he's getting that off tomorrow, so he's going to be, that'll be a good thing, so Mike, it is really good to have you here, and we've been praying for you diligently that God would bring about a full restoration for your life, and so, and thank you for bringing, and your whole family, we love these guys, thank you for coming. And my in-laws, I mean, Jamie and Penny and my my brother-in-law and and two sister-in-laws that were singing, just in case the Lord should come, thank you guys for doing such a good job on that. Give them applause, would you? This is the second message in a series of, I was awakened in November, uh, the latter part of November, and it says, Doubting Nothing, and he says, now preach that message in 2000, at the beginning of 2019. And really, I think that's where God wants us to be. He wants us to be to a place where we don't doubt anything. And so, but I'm just telling you right now, you're going to have a choice to do one of two things. You're going to have a choice to believe God for some wonderful things in your life. But if you don't do that, you're going to be doubting, well, my life's going to be the same old as it's always been. And I'm going to be living that same old mess. But I'm just telling you, God came to deliver us from our past. Amen. And to give us a bright and a beautiful future. In Luke 18:8 8, it says, and Je- this is Jesus speaking in Luke 18:8, 8. He says, "When the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth?" Now what's just the opposite of faith? It would be unbelief and doubt, wouldn't it? So apparently Jesus was saying here, "When the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith?" So this is why I think it's imperative that every one of us, and it's so important that we begin to believe God for a better and a brighter future. Amen? So it's all right to say, "Amen," okay? There we go. You got it. <clears throat> now, doubt, let me just say this that doubt will arise when we allow the external evidence, that being how things normally turn out for you, as well as perceived outcomes, as well as 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 really observed outcomes, how you've observed things in your past. You normally are going to be looking for that to happen in your future. But God says through this message today, I don't want you to doubt anything concerning me because I know my thoughts toward you, they are good and not evil to give you a future and to give you a hope or to give you the the future you hope for. So that's very important. And it also says in Ephesians 3, He says, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you even ask or think, but it's according to the power that's working on the inside of you and I. And that would be the Holy Spirit. Amen? So I just want you to know that as we get into this message, it's just going to be a short one, but it'll be insightful, I think. Before we begin, a friend sent me a text message. It says that the Ruger firearms manufacturer has developed a new weapon, a new pistol. It's called the congressman. It won't work, and it can't fire. Can't fire it. Won't work. So I asked a person just what they felt about the prognostication, the outlook for their business for 2019, and, and he told me, he said, well, I think it'll probably about, be about the same as it was last year, and that wasn't good, especially with the increase of minimum wage going up. So he says he didn't have a very good prognostication about his future. And so with that in mind, as a backdrop, you may be here today and you feel like, you know what, my future really doesn't look any better than my past. But I want you to know that God is, I can't hardly see you guys over here, I'll move these over Hello, Roger. But I I just want you to know, God wants you to have a better future than the past you've had, amen? So this is why you and I have got to, just listen carefully, it'll be a short message, I hope. And uh, but Psalms 27:13 says this. He says, "I would have lost heart; I would have been engulfed in doubts, unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living." Now that was written some three thousand years ago. So, but now let's apply it to our lives today. I would I would have really lost heart. I would have been engulfed in these doubts unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. So he says, wait on the Lord and be of good courage. And the message says, stay with God, take heart, don't quit. And I'll say it again, stay with God and wait on the Lord. And I looked up the word wait. It's really an interesting. And again, how many people like to wait? Not a one of you. I remember... Curtis and I—I I told this story. How Curtis—we—we we both left. We was up doing a hospital visitation, and whenever we left, I knew Curtis was racing because he took off like a bat out of a hailstorm. Uh, so I knew he was racing. So I gunned it and, and took her up behind him. And so he came to a stop sign, and he stopped. Uh, okay, whatever. It's about the same thing. I mean, you got to stop, right? And so I just come up right behind him and just went right around him, and I won the race. I don't know why I told that one. I'm going to see where where was I here? Oh, wait, he was waiting on the stoplight to turn. And so this is why you've got an, a patient pastor. I can sometimes wait but I, on the winner, we're racing, I, I can't wait to win. So, But it says wait, it means expect good together. That word wait means to expect good in 2019. He wants you to expect good for your life. Can you do that? Okay, okay let's go ahead. It also means to bind together by twisting. And it also means to look forward patiently and eagerly. Patiently. Now there's another place that I don't know where it's found, but necessarily, but he says, He that believes will not make haste. You're gonna wait patiently and eagerly with anticipation. Now, if one expects the bad to happen, then you wouldn't be you you would be equivalent to doubting that good's gonna to come to you. So God wants good to come to you. That's his will. But many people do not see God. They believe him, they see him as a as a vengeful old white-haired person up there in the heavens. And if you step out of line, he's going to squish you in the asphalt. He's just going to wipe you down. That's not God. That's not God at all. God is a good God, and he's filled with goodness, and he's wanting to show his goodness to you and I. Can you say amen? Unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living, 2019, I would have lost heart. I would have begun to doubt. And so... Now this is really an interesting, now I have read this a lot of times, but now you've got to listen to me carefully because it's so simple, it's going to get get over your head. And it says, unless I had believed to see, say that with me, believed to see. This is what we've got to do. We've got to believe to see the goodness of God in the future. I would have doubted him, and most people have to see to believe. But the psalmist David said, unless I had really believed to see the goodness of God in the land of the living, I would have fainted. So I would have doubted. I would have become discouraged unless I had believed and become established in the faith. And this is very important that you and I become established in the faith. And you say, Pastor, what is faith? It's that substance of things hoped for and it's evidence of things not seen. But doubt is always, well, yeah, it's bleak and it's gloom and misery on you, or me, and on any of us who choose to go down this pathway of doubt. But God doesn't want us to go there. Now, let me just tell you that unless I had believed to see, this believe to see will not come accidentally. It's not going to inadvertently come up on you, and then you, you say, well, you know what? It just happened to me, the goodness of God. You've got to believe to see. Don't doubt about your future. Believe to see God's goodness coming to you in the land of the living in 2019. Amen? Psalms 23, 5. It says this. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Look at, get the picture now. Here your enemies are all around you and God, the goodness of God is preparing you a banquet right in the presence of your enemies. You say, well, what is my enemy? Well, it could be poverty, it could be sickness, it could be bad health, it could be a lot of different things. It could be a loss of a job, it could be, you know, a divorce, you name it. But God prepared a table for every one of us in the presence of our enemies. And he says, you anoint my head with oil. And my cup, my cup runs over. With what? What does it run over with? Because the goodness of God fills a person's life. It wants to run over. God loves you. And God wants you to know that His goodness is absolutely, absolutely exceeding and abundantly and above anything you can ask or think. Amen? Now, I looked up the word goodness. It means beautiful and best and better and beautiful and cheerfulness and favor and gladness, joyful and pleasant Precious and prosperity. That's what the word goodness means. And he says, surely goodness and mercy are going to follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Not in the church house. I'm going to dwell in the house of God forever. Surely goodness and mercy, though, it's going to chase me down. Can you believe that? I mean, for the year of 2019, goodness is going to be chasing after you. It's going to be stalking you. Wow! Aren't you glad for that? God's goodness and His mercy, His beauty, His best, his, and His bountifulness and His cheerfulness and His favor and His goodness is going to be chasing you down if you will just take time to stop and see. Check it out. Check it out. Just in passing, I, here it is. This is Jeremiah thirteen fourteen. I will saturate the soul of my priest with abundance. You said, Well, Pastor, I'm not a priest. Oh, yes, you are. The Bible says, Every one of us that's been born again are kings and priests unto the Lord. So you are, the, you, it says, I will satiate the soul of my priest, saturate the soul of my priest with abundance, and my people shall be satisfied with my goodness, says the Lord. God wants us to be satisfied with his goodness. Remember Jason Rose? He said, God is good. And all the time? That is what I'm trying to say. God is a good God. He loves you. He and He wants you to He wants to have you to have a 2019 like you have never had before. Can you say amen to that? Now I got a question for you. Are you going to believe what God says about you, or are you going to start the doubting process again this year? Okay, you're going to believe this. This may be for someone else, but it may not be. It's not for me because I I just really believe I'm going to have the same thing as I had last year. Well, hello. This is why you're here, and this is why I'm preaching you about God's goodness. It's going to overtake your life in 2019. I can't wait to get to the end of that, to look back and see what God has really done for all of us. Amen? And look at just how it started. We're baptizing ten, I guess it's eight now because two got sick. We're going to be baptizing eight people today to begin a new year. I think that is fantastic. Give God applause for that, would you? For some, our history, our past, and our experiences has shaped and affected us so emotionally that we find it hard to see beyond the hurts and the skepticisms, the doubts and the disappointments, the bitterness, and really the brokenness. We can't see beyond that. I'm just telling you, everybody in here, listen to me carefully. Today, God is giving you another perspective about your future. He's given it to you. It doesn't have to be the same as the past. It can be a beautiful and bright where God's goodness is overtaking. It's chasing you down and God is preparing a table for you I mean it's a banqueting table in the presence of your enemies amen now let me just give you an example though in genesis 50:20 this is joseph who was speaking to his brothers who sold him into the egyptian slavery when he was 17 years of age and this is what now this is after he had completed this and he had become he had risen to the to the number one ruler in in all of egypt and his brothers had came down to get food and you know the story, but he says this in Genesis 20, uh, 50, verse 20. He says, God, he says, but as for you guys, my brothers, you meant it for evil against me. So, yes, there's been a lot of things happen to you that are bad and that are evil. But, and, and this is the enemy, the devil even. He designs these things to come against you. But now look at this. But God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day right now to save many people alive. So God is wanting you to know that even though you may have been through a slavery, a bondage, and addictions, and you name it, you may have been through hurts and disappointments and doubts, but you don't have to live your life there this year. You have a brighter future. Can you say amen to that? Folks, you ought to go out there happy that you've got a brighter future. Amen? And Let me just show you something else. Now, this is so amazing to me in Mark chapter 6, verses 44 through 52. I'm just going to read that, and then I'll comment about it. You see what stands out to you. Now, Jesus had just fed 5,000 men, so it must have been probably... You could estimate 15,000 if they had wives and they had kids. Probably a good 15,000 people. They just fed these with five loaves and two fish. Now, can you believe that? Five loaves and two fish. He fed 15,000 people. We have a hard time feeding our grandkids with with 25,000 loaves. But it says immediately he sent them, his disciples, to get into the boat, now stay with me, and go before to the other side, to the Bethsaida, where he had sent the multitude. Now verse 46, when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. Now when the evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea. Let me just stop right there. The Sea of Galilee, I've been on that. It's about eight miles wide. Now when they were in the middle of the sea, which means they were about four miles out, And the storm was occurring, and Jesus saw them. Now look at this. And he was alone on the land. They were in the middle of the sea, four miles out, and the storm was going on. And then he saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. Now it was about the fourth watch of the night, so he came to them walking on water. Can you believe that? Is that hocus-pocus cheese and hamburgers? Or is that really, this is what happened? This is what happened. Jesus came to walking them on the water. Now look at this. This is what really amazes me. He came to them walking on the sea and would have passed them by. And would have passed them by. Well, I thought Jesus loved me all the time. You know what? Jesus responds to every one of us, but he responds to faith. He doesn't respond to doubt. Now, let's go ahead and see why he would have passed them by, but they cried out. For they all saw him, in verse 50, and they were troubled and immediately he talked to them and he said, be of good cheer, it's me. Don't be afraid. And he's saying that to some of you. Hey, 2019 is upon you. It's me. I'm with you. I'm in the boat. Don't be afraid. Don't doubt what I'm going to do in your life. It's going to be exceedingly, abundantly, above all you even ask or think according to the power that's working on the inside of you. And what would that power be? The Holy Spirit, the glory of God, Jesus Christ. The Kingdom of God is on the inside of you, Amen. <clears throat> then he went up into the boat to and, and, and the wind ceased, and they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure, and marveled for they but for they had here here we go, this is the key. they had not understood about the loaves because their hearts were hardened, so whenever you don't understand about uh, what God is doing your heart gets hardened and it gets filled and corroded with doubt. It's just like a battery that gets corrosion on the battery cables and before long, what happens is you go out there and start it, it won't start because your life has been corroded with a lot of other things but their life, their heart was corroded with a lot of doubt because they had not understood about the feeding of the fine thousand. That phrase has amazed me for a long time. They had to see the feeding of the 5,000 to believe it. And so when the storm came up, they were wondering what they're going to do. 2,000 years, 2019 was upon them, and they were wondering what they were going to do. But because there was a malady or a problem with the heart, the hardening, the results, the lack of understanding about the loaves, they were dull, and they said... (laughs) You know, I, 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 I can't hardly believe my lying eyes. I saw five loaves and two fishes feed 15,000 people. How does that work? Folks, you never will be able to explain a miracle. You never will be able to explain that your body has got divine healing propensities and properties on the inside of it, and God is wanting you to know that He is healing you from your past if you believe it and don't doubt it. Amen? you know i can I can hear Thomas maybe saying to Peter I just can't believe what happened i mean we really he really fed five thousand fifteen thousand people i can 't believe that, but they were in the boat, and then the storm came up, and now they 're trying to believe with all their hearts something and they believed they were going to perish but remember whenever another occasion, not this one, but there was another occasion that Jesus came to him walking on the water again. And Peter said, Lord, if that's really you, bid me to come to you. He said, Well, come on out, Peter. And he stepped out of the boat onto the water and he began to, to walk on the water. But whenever he saw the winds and the waves, and the, he became so doubtful because he said, My gosh, look at I mean, look at the natural circumstances that I'm in right now. I'm out here just about to Jesus and I'm sinking. And the Lord reached out, and he picked him up. Now, this is what God does for every one of us. He'll reach out. He'll pick you up, regardless of what you're in. Just, you got to believe him, though. You've got to believe him. Amen? Their mind probably is playing tricks on them, but their heart, they knew... That Jesus was walking on the water. Really? Walking on the water. I mean, he did so many miracles. He turned the water into wine. First miracle that he did, I mean, he healed so many people and He's still in the healing business today. Did you know that? He is still wanting to bring about in your life a wholesomeness. He wants you to have, be filled with the abundance of good things, and He wants the goodness of God to follow you all the days of your life. So much that one of the, I think it's one of the fruits of the Spirit, is goodness, isn't it? That's one of the fruit of the Spirit. It's goodness. And so God wants you to be filled with all types of goodness for the year of 2019. Amen? A friend of mine wrote a poem that said this Tired eyes look out from bodies of 30, 40, 50, or 60, however old you are, 70, 80, even 90. Tired eyes look out from bodies of me of 70. From the passe of boredom, they ask, Is this all? Is this it? Is this what life's all about? Tis no wonder, for this generation has confused the pastels of springtime for the flames of fall. How many times have we looked at our life and said, "Man, this is the end." I mean, this is fall, and they've confused. We confuse really the new beginnings. We the pastels of springtime, and many times I just I'm not, and this is one thing I've noticed in life that many times whenever there is an ending of one season. God has got a new season ready to dawn upon your life. And every one of us, we go, through, we, we go through the different seasons and stages of life, but there are times whenever we need new eyes to see the splendor and the glory and the goodness of God at every juncture that we come to. And again, everybody's going to go through these different stages and phases of life, but you need God. has got to be definitely involved at all these different stages you're involved in. If he's not involved, what happens? Doubt will overcome you and the circumstances will overwhelm you and you'll begin to say, man, it's bleak and it's dark. I don't see any hope. But God is the God of all hope who wants to give you hope for your future in 2019. Can you say amen to that? Can you say, I want that? I want that. Hallelujah. I want to close with this scripture right here as a blessing upon you today because we're going to baptize some people. So... This is the this is the Romans fifteen verses thirteen and fourteen. Now today, may the God of all hope—he's not—he just doesn't have a little hope. May the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace. Look at this: in believing, not doubting about your future, in believing, and that you may abound. In hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the only way you can have hope in your life, is depending on the Holy Spirit to bring. And he comes, once you're born again, the Holy Spirit comes into your life and you have a hope of a better tomorrow. Paul says, Now I myself am confident concerning you, my brethren, that you are also full of goodness. Paul is seeing the goodness of God in their lives and you're filled with all knowledge, able to admonish others, able to admonish one another, I guess is what it says. So I want you to just recognize that today God is wanting to do a new beginning in your life. Every head bowed and every eye closed, I would just like to ask... How many would say, Pastor, I've got some dead ends in my life. I have run into some cul-de-sacs and dead ends, and I've gotten off. I'm, I'm really in a ditch, and I need I need to get out. Would you just raise your hand and just just, just say, this is where I am. I'm not going to embarrass anybody. I just, just want to know where you are. If you're in that situation, you know, you fight, and you don't see yourself having a brighter, a more preferable future, but you're just in a... In a, in a quandary of, of just doubt and confusion. If you're there, would you just raise your hand? I'm going to pray for you in, a few, in just a minute. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Folks, if we all were honest, I think that we would all be, begin to see in our life that, you know what, there's some little, they're gray areas. It's not black, but they're, they're gray, and they've got some little sh- shades of doubt in there. And God is wanting to do something for you This year in your life, and I'm, listen, every head bowed and every eye closed except the one who raised their hand, would you just look at me? God is going to do something very beautiful in your life. He makes something beautiful out of your, you know, the one. God rebuilds the past, or rebuilds your future, really, rather, out of the rubble of the past. God wants you to know that Nehemiah came and rebuilt the walls around Jerusalem. He rebuilt that wall around Jerusalem from the rubble of the past. And so he takes your past and he weaves it together, and this is why the Bible says that God is able to make all things work together for good to those that love God and to those that are called according to his purpose. Amen? This is what God wants to do in your life. Shall we all stand? Father, I just want to praise you for this hand that was raised today, and I just, I, right now, I lift him up. And I just thank you that you're ministering wholeness and goodness to his life. Lord, the future does not have to be like it was in the past. So, Father, I'm thanking you that he's got a more preferable future, and it's going to be a beautiful outlook. And so, Lord, we thank you that we're not going to waste away our tomorrows by trying to live them out of the rubble of the past, but we're going to see ourselves transformed. And renewed in the image of him who made us. And we give you praise for that in Jesus' mighty name. Now stretch real big and musicians come on back. We're gonna we're gonna just now we're gonna